0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Do you have your Bibles? Don't tell anybody if you don't. Now, Elijah the Tishbite in Gilead said to Ahab, we're starting in verse 1. Chapter 17. As the Lord the God of Israel lives before whom I stand there shall neither dew or rain it shall neither dew or rain these years. Now that's a strong drought when you can when you say there's not going to be any dew these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him and he departed from there and turned eastward and hid himself by the brook of Chereth, which is east of Jordan. And the Lord said, you shall drink from the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And I have commanded ravens. Can you imagine? I mean, God commanded birds. That's how much God is in control. He commanded birds to go and feed feed elisha and so when elisha prophesied and said let the rain cease and let the dew cease that was a judgment that god put towards jezebel and ahab god told elisha they may be going through famine and you may be in the famine but i'm going to take care of you go down to the brook now commanded birds And I've commanded these birds. And the ravens brought him bread. In verse 6. And they brought meat in the morning. Then they brought bread. And they brought meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while the brook dried up. But because of. There was no rain in the land. That's a given. The Lord said to him. Arise now go to Zarephath. And which belongs to Sidon. And dwell there. Behold i have commanded now a widow there to feed you so it was the birds now he picked a widow isn't it amazing how god chooses weak things to confound wise and strong people he chose a little widow i've commanded a widow there to feed you so he arose and went to zarephath and when he came to the gate of the city behold a widow was there gathering sticks and he called to her and said Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her again and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing to bake. I have nothing to bake. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. In a jug. A little oil. She didn't have much, just a handful. (laughs) And... And, and listen to what she said. She said, And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and for my son that we may eat and die. That was her plan. That was her plan for the day. To make one meal, eat, and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Do not fear. Go. Do not do as you have uh, what I have said and as you have said to go gather and to make it but first make a little for me a little cake of it and bring it to me so Elijah said you know stick to your plan go ahead and keep on making what you're going to make but just give me a little piece give me some bring me a little cake of it so so we always interpreted this scripture as God would, would ask her to make the cake and bring it come and give everything to Elijah, but that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that Elijah said, just give me a piece of it. Give me a little piece of it. And if you do that, listen to what he says. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not, de- shall not be spit. And the jug of oil shall not be emptied until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and her, and she, he, and her household ate for many days. And the jar of flour was not spent. That means it didn't run dry. It wasn't empty. There was always a supply there. Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that was spoken by Elijah. And that's the story that's the story now everything was shut down and by the way pray for our nation pray that god would just talk some sense and people would get some jesus in their heart and realize that they got to overcome themselves and open up this government back again someone say with me let's just pray right now lord no shutdowns in jesus name come on bring resolution lord take care of these problems bless our nation Come on, say it. Bless our nation, Lord. Bless our nation. Amen. Well, there was a shutdown. There was a shutdown of the heavens. And there was rain that ceased and dew that stopped. But even though there was a shutdown in the earth, the kingdom of heaven couldn't be shut down. For just a few moments, I'm going to be talking about the subject that that we're in, the series we're in is He's Greater Than Me, but I'm going to be talking on the subject of God doesn't shut down. God doesn't shut down. God never ceases. God never stops. And God is always, always right on time. He is always there. Just an amazing story. To know that the prophet would come in and ask the widow woman for a piece of her last meal. When I first read this as a new Christian, I thought to myself, how could he? The nerve of a preacher going and asking a widow for a little bit of money or a little bit of flour or a little bit of oil her livelihood. Because back then, flour and oil was money. They used to pay off debts. They used to sell it. There was just so much that, that was riding on this last meal, their survival, a little bit more time, just a little bit more time to, to live. Their plans that day, their plans that day was to make the last meal and, and die. And so anyhow, here comes Elijah. and Elijah looks at her and says, "You know what, keep on doing what you planned, But if you'll give me, just give me some. First, first, if you'll first come to me, and bless me. Take care of me. He wasn't being selfish. He was trying to help her. He knew she needed a blessing. He heard a story. And he was moved by compassion. And he, he was simply obeying God. So God said. I've commanded a widow woman. Now. This is what's interesting to me. What The reason I think it's just an amazing story is because, first of all, he he told her, God told Elijah, I've commanded a widow woman, just like he commanded the bird. But the bird went and did exactly what they were supposed to do. The birds did. But the little widow lady, even though God commanded her, she was still wrestling with fear. So that tells me that Even though God commands a blessing in our life, we have a choice whether or not we ought to give and sacrifice the way he asks us to. So it's a choice. It's a choice. To be blessed is a choice. For God to meet your need, it's a choice. But the way God works is proven right here. The economy of the kingdom of God can never be shut down. Do we understand that? God's economy doesn't shut down. And so she needed help. She needed assistance. And they know, the principle is, is that whatever you reap, whatever you sow is what you will reap. So he knew he was trying to help her. When you look at the big picture. And he said, If you will bring it to me first, then you're never going to be without. During this famine, your flour is never going to be spent. Your oil will never run dry. And you will have plenty, you and your household, during this whole season. But I need you to go and take care of my needs first. But the reason why it was significant for Elijah, because it almost sounds selfish in a way, but when you look, the reason why Elijah needed to be sustained is because God was using him to do a job. The assignment in his life is what took precedence over everything in that region from being blessed and also from not being completely annihilated and dried up by the drought. That man needed to live because it was that vessel that God, now God could have used anybody God, why doesn't God even say it Himself? Because when you look at the way God has worked all of this out, He is so holy and pure that even for in the Old Testament, they had to have sacrifice in order to interact with the Spirit of God because of His holiness, majesty, deity. God is an awesome God. In some scriptures, we call Him a terrible god meaning not meaning that he does terrible things but there is just a reverence that come with his presence and who he is as as a as our god that that he has made a way for us to interact in our frailties and our sinful nature uh, it's impossible for us to interact with a such a pure and powerful savior he loves us so much but see blood was the means to get closer to him because god needs to give life. God needs to cover it with life. And so now here's what God chooses to do. He chooses to meet our needs through our own actions and what we offer to him. So he took care of it completely for us in the New Testament, right? He gave us his only begotten son. Now through that sacrifice, you and I are able to approach the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. But he has always used human beings. Animals didn't cut it. He had to use a human being, but he couldn't do it himself. As far as his, his own deity to come in and take care of it and just say, okay, this is just the way it's going to be. God, ha- he plays by the rules, folks. So he sent his only son, and he chooses to use humanity. And Jesus gave his life. That principle did not stop, and it never stopped That's why we are called the body of Christ, because we do his work. We go where he needs us to go. We have his hands. We are his hands. Do you know that? You do know that, right? You know that since we're called, you know, the church is called the body of Christ, right? And doesn't your body do all the work? Your head does all the thinking. He does all the thinking. We just submit to his wisdom, guidance, will, direction, and we do the work for him. That principle has not changed. So Elijah was the body. He was a representation of God in the earth. God has always had systems. God has always had ways. But he chose to use humanity. The frailty of our nature. God knows that we would fail. God knows that we would fall short. But he always knew that his kingdom would never fail. And that we would need help. And that we would need assistance to understand this concept. But if we ever grabbed a hold of that concept, we will always we will always be in God's favor and will and never be without. So Elijah moved in and he's trying to help this little widow lady understand the concept. He wasn't being selfish by saying, um, I'm hungry, I need something to eat, that's your last meal, I want a piece of it. You no. Know. He wasn't the Don moving into the neighborhood and telling everybody, pay me my portion. He was a man of God coming in and saying, there's something connected to me. God wants to bless you. And if you'll sow it into my life, because you're not sowing it into me, you're sowing it into the kingdom. You're sowing it into God. And if you'll meet God's needs by meeting my needs, God's going to meet your needs. It all ties in. It makes sense, doesn't it? So that's like saying, you know, God doesn't need our money, right? God doesn't need our money. How many of you believe that? I mean, God's not like up in heaven. He's not up there going, my God, I'm in the, we're short today. We're short, okay? Go tell the church they better pay their tithes today or the lights are going out. God doesn't need your money, but we need his blessings, this is not about money, so just hold on tight. Unclench your behind. Here we go. Is that too plain? I'm so sorry. I'd never make it on hit, right? <laughs> but so right now, in this moment, God commanded a woman, a little widow, and she's wrestling with it. But she needs one second in her life to just contemplate and get it all together and figure it out. And then she finally says to him, I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to honor you first. I'm going to take care of you first. And she did. And I'm glad she did too because it speaks to me. It helps me understand and put things in perspective. Number one, it helps me understand this. That I need to make the kingdom of God my priority. I need to make the kingdom of God my priority. If no matter what the government does, no matter what's going on in the nation, God is going to provide and take care of you. God's going to provide and take care of you. Because you understand and see the big picture, you're tied to his kingdom. And whenever someone is doing the purpose of God and you are helping fulfill the purpose of and helping them do what they need to do and people begin to bless you because you're tied to a bigger purpose. It's taking care of God because you're the hands and feet of God. That's why if you want to be blessed, find God's work. Do God's work. Work on your job like you know God has positioned you there and it's God's will for you to be there and you're representing Him. Live life on purpose. Purpose. With purpose. Knowing that everything we do, whether it's in word or whether it's in deed, it's all done for the glory of God. It's all done for God's glory. You're representing God in the earth. You're living as an example to people. You are representing the nature of what Jesus should really be in everything you do. That's why I, I, in this, in this in my life, we own a business. But our whole purpose of our business is tied to this church. Everything we do in, in our personal lives, as far as my family is concerned, it's always tied to the kingdom. Always tied to the kingdom. Never disconnected from it. Because if it ever is, we've lost the bigger purpose. Our hearts have been, will be unbalanced. We'll lose Focus we'll move and mix up our priorities. In order to set the priority in your heart correct, in order to make sure that you have things in proper perspective, you have to know who has blessed you, who has opened up the doors in your life, who really butters your bread, who really gives you your blessings, who really enables you to work every single day, who has enabled you to think the way you think and bless you with with the, with the mentality and the makeup. Listen, the scripture says, we have been wonderfully and fearfully made by Him. For a reason. And when you understand that, when you understand that it's God who's taking care of us, you get into the deeper reason and your heart is recalibrated and you start understanding. It's all for Him. I got to read you this. I got to read you Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-five and thirty-four. Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-five and thirty-four says, "Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not is is not life more than food, and body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor reap." Or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You are not, aren't you more? Are you not more valuable than they? Are you not more valuable than they are? How many of you saw a bird coming this morning to church? Raise your hand if you saw a bird. Did you not see a bird, two people So That's perfect. Perfect. God is going to take care of you better than that bird God will make sure you're with that because I promise you when you saw the bird I promise you if you did see one it wasn't going in circles wondering what's going to go on and how he's going to eat it wasn't going back and forth going oh my god oh my god where's my food oh my god where's my? I'm not like a bird I'm more like a turkey up here but anyway oh my god When's the last time you saw an animal sitting down there filled with anxiety because it didn't know how his needs were going to be met? Animals don't think about that kind of stuff. Animals don't have that capacity. God commands the blessing in their life because he said he's a good God. He's a good God. What I'm telling you is, is exactly what the rest of the scripture says. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toll nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, and which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? And what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, he's speaking to the Jewish nation. But he said, for people that don't know you, or know him, people that don't understand the concept of the kingdom, of provision, of God's blessing, even those that don't understand it, they worry so much, but God isn't going to let them go without. If Listen, I can't answer for those who have ever died of starvation in, in, in pagan countries, where there was... A void of God where people worshiped idols and they had no sense of, of God. But everywhere, as I can tell you, where God was established in those dark countries, I have seen God revive. I have seen God bless. I have seen God send help. I have seen God restore health and nutrition because he is a good father. He's a good father. But he's telling every single person, don't seek after those things let it be your priority and your motive but your heavenly father knows that you need all those things verse 33 but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all those things will be added to you somebody needs to give god a little bit of praise right there that's all i'm saying well you sure are quiet today it's the weather some of you are thinking about the pot roast and going I know I feel like you feel like I'm tired today I just you're telling I can hear somebody saying right now Pastor Bobby just be happy I'm here and all the people that laughed that was them all those things will be added if what what was the, what was the stipulation there the kingdom of God How do you seek the kingdom of God? Ah. That's another subject. How do you seek the kingdom of God? I don't understand that. And his righteousness. His kingdom operates in the earth through purpose and people. When you seek the purpose of God, and follow by the righteousness of God. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. What is right? Righteousness is a product of obedience. Obedience leads to righteousness. Righteousness leads to holiness. Purity. Purity. So if I'm sensitive to God and I follow what I feel the Spirit telling me to do and I'm applying my life and putting priority on building God's kingdom, seeking it first, making it a priority, knowing my mindset. Listen, it just takes a shift in your mindset on the way to work to start bringing blessings into your life. And then you're acting based on that concept and principle, not concept, but principle, that's where you'll begin to see God work. When you seek the kingdom of God and it becomes priority, by placing the kingdom first, God will defy everything that comes against what you placed second. In other words, God, because you honored God first, with whatever it may be that he's asking you to give him, priorit- pri- prioritizing What's important to you, if you'll sacrifice it to him and say it belongs to you, God, and everything I do in it is going to be for your purpose. And label your values on it and say, if it doesn't have this, if I'm not doing it for this reason, I'm not going to do it at all. God has to be in it. Whatever else that you have forgotten about are placed second that's important to you now becomes even more important to God case in point Abraham took Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him when Abraham took Isaac up to the mountain it was a wrestle that Abraham had but he believed God would provide so he gives Isaac sacrifices his firstborn that was just one child when God promised him a great nation But since he gave Isaac to God, God was fixing to bless everything that came out of Isaac. Everything. Everything. When when God told Israel, go and take the promised land, but that first city, do not take any jewels, spoils, and nothing from it, kill everything. You want to know why? Not because it was bad gold or silver. Not because they had, you know, the, the cattle had mal, mad cow disease. It was because that was the first city in the promised land. It belonged to God. So anything that belongs to him, when it's in your possession, it becomes a curse instead of a blessing. That makes sense? Boy, that's good stuff. I don't know. Something, I got to do something up here. This, that's good stuff. Panting myself in the back, then I celebrated, then I thought I'd end with something cool, but it didn't happen that very, it didn't It didn't work out very good. Everything that belongs to him, if we don't give it to him, if keep it, it hurts us rather than blesses us. But if Achan would not have taken it, hid it under the tent, then he would, then he, if he wouldn't have done that, then his family would have still been part of of the journey and the victory and the spoils of the rest of what God was fixing to bless. God is faithful. I honor God. And so if we take care of God's needs in the earth, heaven will open up to us And take care of everything else. Everything else. Listen, point number two when we shut down, heaven's blessings are shut down. Heaven doesn't get shut down, the kingdom doesn't shut down, we shut down. When we shut down, we close off everything necessary in our life. This is where the devil messes with you. I, I don't know if you are watching the news. I don't get into politics. So if you're trying to label me as Republican or Democrat, keep on guessing. I'm neither. That even may offend you. And yeah, I'm not independent. I'm more kingdom. I, I look at what God wants. And it may sound crazy to some of you, but you know what? Uh, when I know when a president gets into office, I don't care how bad he is, what his past is. I I just know it's my responsibility to pray for them. I I love the country that I live in, and whether I agree with its principles and its laws, I love this country regardless, and I pray for my country. I I just, you got to be sensitive like that. You have to be more clear to God instead of jumping on the bandwagon. So, So I was, and I saw the news, and I'm looking at the Senate floor, and I'm watching everybody going around, huddling, making decisions, trying to figure out what to do. And, and so the news is, if we don't make a decision, we're fix, the government's fixing to shut down. And I'm thinking to myself, the government's shut down because people shut down. And in that moment, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what we really need to do they need to, not do, they need to just sit down and let God just work some things out in their life and put our agendas aside and let God do His thing. But, you know, that's hard to convey. I know that sounds, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, like I'm detached and, and whatever, you know, but, but it's true. It's true. There's a way to see the heavens open and we can avoid personal shutdowns in our life when we can just agree with God. So here's what hell tries to do. Uh, hell tries to stop us hell cannot cannot stop god to fully explain this let me just say this the kingdom can never shut down but we can when we stop praying ah there's a shutdown there's the shutdown i'm upset with them i just i i just can't believe i didn't get invited to the party. Hijo, you ever heard of that one before? My kid didn't get invited. The worst thing, the worst thing ever in, in church. You get invited to go to somebody's house and you see the invitation to somebody's kid's birthday party and yours didn't get one. Oh, my God. Word of advice. When you invite church family to your house, put away all the invitations. I'm an expert at this, I know. Just play. Something... Your coworker, your boss, you know what? I was praying for my work, and I was praying for my, my co-workers. I ain't praying no more the way they treat me. I'm going to start speaking the judgments of God on them. <laughs> How many of you have ever had your prayer life shut down because you were offended or hurt? Thank you, all five of us, for being honest. That's never happened to you. You've never been tested and tried. Or, you know, or maybe you're just built with thick, thick skin. I wasn't born with thick skin. God had to build the calluses on on my life to help me be tougher than what I am now. You know, champions and heroes aren't born. They're cornered. They're cornered. But if hell can shut down your prayer life, then it can shut down your blessings. The avenue. Hell would love to shut down your worship. God would love to shut down your worship. Love to shut down your serving. That's the avenue that God is trying to bring the blessing to in your life. Serving. Hell would love to shut down your giving. You're doing okay now, but you could be doing a whole lot better and God can bless your life a whole lot more if you'll just let the benevolence, live. The gratitude. Just, just shutting down one thing, shutting down praise in your life. Hell wants you to shut up. Shut. Up. I mean, can you can you imagine if if you're so locked up in your in your praise, you shut down your worship. You shut down by even going to church, and, and it's just because offense or worry. Then you're only hurting yourself, right? I mean, God's never done anything bad to us. He sent His only begotten Son to die for us, and gave His life for us. He's done everything for us. So don't blame God. Don't blame God. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. He said, if the world hated me, guess what? It's going to hate you too. Not everybody's going to like you. I know that. Not everybody likes me. I'm okay with that. But Jesus loves me. And I'm like a little spoiled brat. I know he loves me. I know he cares about me. I know that he blesses me. I know there's favor in my life. And I'll walk around like that, knowing no matter who's around me, I'm blessed today. I'm happy about this day. This is the day the Lord has made. He designed it for me. He's greater inside of me. My priority is him. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for Him. And when I can get that concept in my mind, then everything that is mine belongs to Him. And nothing can touch it. Oh, yeah. Let me encourage someone here today and tell you I'm not, I don't get discouraged anymore as much as I used to. Whenever God gives me a promise and I start seeing the promise come, then everything wrong starts happening. No more. Because I've learned the secret. It is a challenge. Hell is trying to shut it down. But if hell can't shut me down, hell can't shut up my blessing either. Are you listening to me? If the devil can't shut me down, it can't shut God down. You need to grab a hold of that right there. Because some of you need direction. Some of you need purpose. Some of you are looking for, I want to see the next level in my life. And I want to see great things happen in my life. Well, get out of the shutdown mode. I used to work shutdowns when I was in the plants. Some of you guys still do shutdowns out there. How many of you work for the plants? You ever do it? You do a shutdown still? You know what a shutdown is? It's when they shut down the facility or the place that's generating a product in the plants. And they'll shut it down for a period of time so everybody can work on it. And then when they're done working on it, they bring it back up. And it starts producing again. And with us as, as Christians, we shut down and try to fix ourselves. When really in the kingdom of God, God, the spirit of God... Can work while we're still online. Some of you got that. Maybe not everybody. But he can work while you're still working. The Spirit of God is able to do miracles. He's able to refresh you while you're still in the race. You ever seen those people that do the marathons? And they're running. They're cycling. Whatever it is. Triathlons. They have stations along the way with Gatorade. Or something with electrolytes. That they give them along the way. And they take their drink. And just sip it down. Someone hand them a bottle. They'll take the bottle, squeeze it down, and whatever. And that's along the way. That's like the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God refreshes you. He knows when you need strength. He knows when you need comfort. He knows when you need wisdom. He knows when you need faith. He knows when you need faith. Jesus told Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I prayed that your faith fail not. Don't shut down, Peter. Keep on worshiping. Keep on praying. Keep on coming to church with a smile. Listen, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. Turn around to somebody and tell them, things are going to get easier. Come on, things will always get easier. But if there ever is a shutdown in your life, Here's a scripture for all of us. Here's a scripture for congress, a, here's a scripture for our government. Are you ready? 2 Chronicles 7 and 13. You know the scripture. God said, If I ever shut down the heavens, so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land and send pestilence among my people. If if my people who are called by my name Humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open. My ears will be attentive to their prayers made in this place, Solomon. This was Solomon's prayer, and he was telling Solomon the secret. And as for you, if you walk before me as David your father walked according to do all that I have commanded him. There's the commandment. And look at the life of David. David wasn't a perfect man. David had faults and failures. But David knew the graciousness of God and David knew how not to not shut down. The reason why David wasn't taken out from his reign is because he continued to let God reign in his. That's the secret. That's the secret. And I will establish your royal throne as I covenant with, with David your father saying, you should not lack a man to rule Israel. Take, take notice in this. He did not tell them, if I ever shut up the heavens, speak to the heavens. He gave them his way of doing things. Moses was like this. The Bible says God showed his ways unto Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. Israel just saw everything happen. They just didn't know how it happened. But to Moses, he knew the ways of God. Well, he's given Solomon a secret here. He's giving us a secret. How many of you want to live under an open heaven? How many of you want to see rain coming down in your spiritual life continually? How many of you felt like you've been in a dry season? You're not bound by that season. You don't have to be bound by that season. There's only one season, that's the kingdom of God and the season that you're in there. But here's the secret. If my people who are called by my name. How many of you have the name of Jesus in your life? Come on, have you been baptized? Have you received Christ into your life? If you've not been water baptized, we would love to water baptize you in the name of Jesus. Bring the name into your life and a covenant with him. Accept the Christ of your Savior and the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins by making him Lord and Savior and repenting of your old way. That's having the name of God. You've been called by that name How many of you have the name in your life? Look, well, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Don't get upset. Don't go fight. Don't go get and try to argue. Why don't you let God fight the battle and go humble yourself? Pray. I don't feel like praying. I'm going to go pray. And look, I'm going to go pray. You, know, you go pray. You ever feel like that sometimes? Like the Spirit of God is telling you, go pray. I don't want to pray. It's so stubborn, man. We, we are, you know, you may not say it, but your flesh does it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not going to go pray. Pray. Just start talking to God. Just have a conversation with God, and it will begin to build up. It will begin to kind of find momentum, and you'll start, before you know it, you'll start praying in the Spirit again. Praise God. Anybody ever prayed in the Spirit? Come on, somebody. When's the last time you prayed in the Spirit? Pray. Seek my face, my countenance, my nature. Turn from those wicked ways. Turn from, you know what wickedness is? It's disobedience. It is self-indulgence rather than indulgence in God. Anything that contradicts the word of God. It's rebellion. It's all that stuff. It's really selfishness. But here's the bottom line. Doing wicked to others. But God said, love others if I have loved you. Stop taking things into your own hands. But I will open up the heavens. Do you know that you have the same authority that Elijah had? God said he'll open up the heavens and bless your land. God was maintaining Elijah by a widow woman. He was going to go pray the heavens back open. But under our agreement with him and the new covenant, this was in the old covenant, but established through Christ, if we'll just line up with the kingdom, we can open up the, the heavens again over our life. And every pestilence and everything and locusts and every spirit that tries to come and rob you of your harvest and your blessings, he will drive away. And the years that the caterpillar, the kinkerworm, and the locust have taken from you, he will restore. He'll restore everything. He'll restore it. That's good news for me and you. Come on, Haley. Here, here's what I'm closing with. The devil can't shut God up, but it can shut the, but the, but but you can shut the devil up through God. That's what happens. Hell has been trying to shut God up for years, but he can't do it. The only person, the only person that he can try to touch and cause them to shut down is you and I that's where God flows through but here is is what we keep in mind and what we know that hell can't touch anyone who has determined in their heart and knows why they live knows their purpose a man who can't be a man who, who has nothing to prove, nothing to hide and nothing to lose cannot be stopped, a man or woman sold out sold out to Jesus Christ no matter what happens I'm doing it for him you can't buy me you can't manipulate me you can't intimidate me listen, listen God called me to pastor he's the one that anointed me just like God has anointed you with gifts so don't let hell come around to you and tell you that he's taking it from you, that he's robbing you of your purpose. Hell can't touch what God has given you. You can only be made to believe that God is shutting down in your life. Don't shut down. Believe that he is greater in you than him in the world, greater than your problem, greater than your circumstance. You won't shut down if you know that God is greater inside of you and your reason for living I am saying all of this is because this is the season that we want it that, that hell wants us to go into and take you out of your season with God. Your season with God is filled with favor and blessing and, and protection and so much more. The kingdom is real. The kingdom is available. The kingdom exists and it's available for every single one of us. I know I know I know now In the past when God was doing something good in my life I always thought something bads fixing to happen and it was based off of a fear And so I would I would think that okay maybe it's not God's will and maybe this is just going to be, it's going to leave on its own then I found whatever promise God gave me, it never came to fruition it never came to to full growth or, or it never came to pass because I got discouraged because something happened wrong and I gave into it so it was a matter of me shutting down until I've learned I need to detach my emotions from it You learn how to not get so easily provoked. You learn not to listen to everyone's criticisms and hear the gossip and all the chatter. Did you hear? Did you hear about this? Did you know about this? Did you blah, 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 blah? I mean, oh my gosh. Get phone calls. Pastor Bob, I just heard hate that. When you call me, please don't call me and say, Pastor Bob, I heard because right now I'm, I'm like, okay what did you heard? Here we go again. Listen. You stay focused on the promises of God. And if you don't have any promises, you're not living, guys. You're Listen, God is constantly challenging us. God is constantly evolving us. God is constantly taking us to a new level. You're, you're, you're not, you're not going to live life and say, this is all that God has and this is all my life is. If you're not tied into the purpose of God, you're not truly living the will of God completely like you need to. Coming to church is being in the will of God. Coming to church is receiving corporate anointing and blessings and keeping your family together. The family that prays together does stay together. Pray to stay, fast to last. Stay humble not to stumble. God, God's reason for you being on the earth is greater than anything else. His will in your life is greater than anything else. And when God says he's gonna bless you and provide for you and make a way for you, and, and don't get discouraged because things aren't working out to, according to schedule or plan. God has a time, God has a way, but you have your job is to keep praising Him, keep worshiping Him, keep praying, keep on believing, because God is faithful. God is faithful. Come on, stand to your feet. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at infoclcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.